gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and we are broadcasting from the Greenhouse booth at uh, HR Tech, and we're at 7116. If you're in the neighborhood, come by, holler at us. Got Jason and Charles, two friends of mine, actually, on the podcast. Um, and so this is going to be really fun, and we're going to get to make fun of each other and all that other good stuff. So start with Jason. Jason, would you do us a favor and the audience a favor and introduce yourself? Jason Seiden, uh, VP of Growth at uh, Cielo Talent. Yep. Been in the space a long time. Uh, some of the folks listening probably have seen me speak if they've been around long enough. Yes. And uh, I'm still here. You got some of the comments from those speakers? Did you keep all your comments, uh, feedback loops from uh, the conferences? When I'm in too good of a mood, I'll pull them out. <laughs> Bring you right back, back down, down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, you know, he was wonderful, but he cursed. Yeah. Great. You know, it's, uh, Thanks. It, it's nice. I, uh, um, yeah, we'll just leave that one right there. Yeah. He was so great. The information was overwhelming. I don't, but he wore jeans. I did have uh, one of my favorite moments. I did have somebody stand up in the early days of the internet, or of social media, excuse me. Uh, and I had an industry, it was the financial services industry I was talking to. Yeah. And we were talking about the impact of social media in the industry. And these guys are, they're all guys. They're yeah. all 59 and a half. They're all yeah. trying to retire. The next generation doesn't buy the same. And I'm telling them this. And a guy stands up, hundreds and hundreds of people in the audience, and he stands up and he's like, are you telling me that my business model is dead? And I said, you can meet me next to the stage after the talk, and I will give you a hug. Yes. <laughs> it rhymes with mess. Yes. Right. Too funny. Charles, please uh, introduce yourself. Charles Bedard, I'm a mergers acquisitions corporate development advisor, been advising HR tech, work tech companies on buying and selling since 2004. And uh, so we've crisscrossed, all of us have crisscrossed at different points, so this is going to be a, a lot of fun for the audience. Well, and you know what I appreciate is, Charles, you and I haven't crossed paths. That's right, yeah. I did a. Uh, I was at the Innovation Summit a couple days ago with yeah. uh, Sue Marks. So sure, and uh, I'm sure we've probably been Sue in the same George conference room. Yeah. He, he sent books to us at one point. Like one of his first one or two books, you sent to the office. So we had them laying around the office so that people could like read them in the bathroom or whatever. Coasters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's that too. We were probably on conference calls together, pre-Zoom, pre-team, but just without the face to the name and well, all that kind of stuff. It's great meeting. Likewise. So, all right, let's start with something basic like an interview, a candidate that asked you a question that you really loved. Like you really thoughtful, probative, just really not a stumper. Like I don't care about that. Or even if they got hired, but just a question you're like, you know what? That's a really cool question. Jason, I'll start with you. So I had, it wasn't a question. Um, but so, there was a candidate who did something that I thought was absolutely incredible. Uh, I was interviewing somebody internationally. This was before Zoom. Right. So this was back in the day where if you were going to do an international call, you would like go to a location to rent the space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So at the other end, he was in a you conference went to room. You yeah, uh, yeah. Depending, right? Uh, so he was at, the, at a conference table. The camera was at the long end of the conference table, and instead of sitting at the far end, right, 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 which all of the other candidates had been doing, he took the TV, turned it, and sat in the closest chair. 
Nice. And it was so simple, but it signaled to me that you know, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna be trapped by administrivia. He's oh, gonna, that's he's nice. Take a little control. That's outside of the box, uh, right? So I like that. I, you know, I like the questions like, "How are you doing? Right. Like, where are you in your day?" Like somebody who just helps orient the the conversation in time and space, um, and is aware of the bigger picture. But when you ask that, that story really stood out. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a couple of things. I'm going to be really close to you, so it's intimate. Yeah. But it's also the ability to be outside of the box and go, yeah, the way this is constrained, yeah, I don't like that. Right. I'm going to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's solid. I like that. Good story. Charles, what about yourself? I think the most insightful questions that I'm getting right now when I listen to interviews or are interviewing somebody is the people that are asking about and they don't word it like this, but they're basically asking, do I have to enter my time and hours and a time and attendance? How does that work? <laughs> you, th you know, you think about the global world now and people want to work different hours. They want to control their own schedules. And especially globally, you mentioned, you know, internationally, you mentioned globally, the EORs right now, they're really not set up to treat non-US employees the way we basically treat most professional salaried employees, which is manage your own schedule, manage yeah. your own work. I don't it's, care if you it's outcome -based. clock out early, but they're actually not set up to do that right now. Oh, interesting. And so th the smart people, as you're saying, ask about that and they're like, am I actually going to be managed to outcomes or what I do, or is it just about clocking hours? And so to me, those are the hires, right? Because they, they're not, they're able to ask the questions and they're able to really understand. I love it. Great stories. So, Charles, beyond the resume, how do we get TA to think past the resume or the LinkedIn profile? And the, and the question kind of comes like, you know, you're in Texas. In Texas, we have this 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 uh, statement or this kind of this bit. Uh, I hear what you're not saying. So the resume states some yeah. things, might even imply some things, but there's a whole lot of other cool stuff that's not there that we don't that that we could find and we can unlock. How do we get TA and even hiring managers to look past? the stated uh, and look for the other cool stuff in someone's life? Well, I mean, I think the things that people have historically done, like professionally, would be going back to our old days in the aughts, would be like internships. Day in the life. Day in the life, right? Could be a half day in the life, could be work with an employee virtually for an hour. In the accounting profession, they do a lot of technical write-ups, or right. in IT, they do a technical write-up project. So I think there's lots of testing and interaction and not just testing simulations. for simulations. I think there are yeah. a lot of new gamification technologies out there where you can play a simple game, and as soon as, it can be as short as 10 minutes, it's kind of like the SAT scores where the simulation gets harder or um, simpler as they go. So you, in 10 minutes, can get really calibrate the technical capabilities. So I think some of that gamification is really interesting. 10 minute exercise, most people like to play games on their phones anyways. That's a probably a better indicator of future success than whatever's on the resume. I like what uh, Filtered's doing, and a bunch of people are doing this, but Filtered's doing this bit with technical developers where they're putting them in the environment uh, that they would be in. So if it's AWS and whatever the bit is, and then they give them a problem. And then they watch them code. They watch them solve the problem in that environment. So you can't, you can't BS it. It's like, it's you, you run on camera, like, it's you, so they've, they've gotten some of the fraud out of it. But also, the, for the candidate, the candidate gets like, oh, okay, this is the environment I'll be actually working in. Yeah, talking with some of the staffing companies, especially during COVID, like ghosting, they're seeing anywhere from 10 to 20% of the applications where it's a different person taking the test right. or doing the development. 100%. And so there's some simple, but the ghosting is a real legit That's a challenge. Well, fraud. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, before I give my answer to that, just to key in on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a 20-year-old who just had a job interview, uh, digital. He's sitting at his computer. Yep. He got the case. Yep. He's got 10 minutes to put some stuff together. Okay. Camera turns on. And he is recording his answer, whether he's ready or not. And he loved that experience. Yeah. So it was a combination of the, uh, you know, the tryout, mm -hmm. coupled with a, a little technical mechanism to make sure that it's it's him. I like that. And he, I mean, he called me. He's like, "This was the greatest experience I've ever had." I'm like, "This is candid experience, and this company is invested." With. So, um, but I'll I'll add, you know, going back to your question. Um, uh, you know, we've got products. We focus on this from the sourcing side. Right. So it turns out, I don't know if you guys have been following uh, AI, if you know what that stands for, <laughs> what's happening there. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Tell us a little bit about it. Right. Well, first the dinosaurs came. Um, imagine, <laughs> imagine the world. Right. So uh, this is this is a close to Scientology, right? This is, these are to two totally different things? Uh, no comment. I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, there may be a handler around here somewhere. We're just going to let that go. Fair enough. Uh, so so we look at it from the sourcing side and say, all right, well, you know, we, we know the resume game's been, it's been gamed, right? And we're right. all the stuffing, it's a black box. So if companies can be a little smarter on inviting people in, that's another way to actually address this issue. So we've got digital tools, including ones that help on that source and screen where it's like, all right, let's use some of the skills. Let's, let's step into the skills base. Let's use AI to actually look across all the people that are out there. So it's not a recruiter using words on a page that they think are a proxy for what this person does. Right. Uh, AI actually knows how to read the internet and do some pattern matching to figure out, yeah, these are the people you should be looking at. Right. Uh, and so if we can get people closer to the true candidates, that's the other way, I think, to kind of move beyond that the resume issue you're talking about. I love it. Okay, so skills. How do we get, uh, in fact, somebody said this to me yesterday, so this is not my original, of course I steal everybody's ideas, but you know, this is not my idea. The lawsuit is coming. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you're not an entrepreneur until you've been sued. Sorry. Just, uh, you're, just, just is what it is. A cease and desist letter, putting payroll on a visa. We're like laughing yeah. because it's true. Uh, yes. Yeah. Charles was there. We did get a cease and desist letter. Framed it. So... Okay, so somebody, no said, somebody said this to me yesterday. Are you hiring and are you evaluating the skills for now or next or a combination of both? So oh, I, think you're, I, think you're, I think you're too far ahead. I think right. we, we're still acclimating to assessing for skills, right. period. Let's <laughs> just start there. Uh, so, yeah, well, um, you know, I was talking to um, a colleague of ours who runs TA and big company, high volume, like, oh, skills-based. This is amazing. And we're going to... Skills-based hiring. And, you know, Monolo and Monorail. You know, Monorail. But they had to change the, the hiring practice because the candidates weren't... They weren't uh, receiving this as, oh, this company's going to figure out if I can get in the door and then put me in the best role. Right. They were thinking, why is a machine going to even tell me if I get to the second step? Right. So, uh, so we've got we've got some work to do on the employer branding side, on the candidate experience side, on the change management side to figure that out. I love that. Okay. What's your what's your bit on okay. on skills? Well, I tell you what. I think at the enterprise level, in terms of upskilling, in terms of career pathing, there's some good starting places. Right. Um, 
you know, figuring out two accountants that are both level three that have these skills, do that you just want them to be technically proficient? Is this somebody who's going to be a manager? Are they even in the right job? Do they want to go to doing client advisory services? Do they want to stay doing tra transactional technology? That's really far away from where the capabilities are today. I think to Jason's point, there's a lot of good technologies out there and processes to iterate, but we're not making leaps and bounds yet. All right, because you mentioned ghosting, I want to get your take on ghosting. Co some, I've, I've had the full range of, of uh, reactions yesterday, right? Uh, from, eh, it's not that big a deal, it's just life, we've always been ghosting, who cares? To, it's never acceptable for either a candidate or a recruiter. So that full range, when I say that, I mean that. So candidates ghosting recruiters and recruiters ghosting candidates. What's your, what's your current take? Never acceptable. <laughs> I struggle. I struggle Hard with words out. like never. I'm I'm curious about this because <laughs> my brain goes like I can find that edge case where it's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as somebody yeah. who does a lot of work with the background screening and identity verification companies, um, there's probably more fraud. Yes. Above and beyond. Well, you're in the staffing. I mean, RPO staffing world too. Yeah. There's. It's probably more of a problem than is being talked about. So right. we, uh, probably need more stricter compliance, more stricter policies, protocols. Wait, I'm, I'm intrigued. Go, yeah, take over. Uh, we're talking ghosting and you're, you're talking fraud. What do you see? What's the impact on the industry? How does that show up? Why is that not part of a bigger conversation? Yet? I don't know why it's not part of the bigger conversation. I think, what you know, it, what does it look like? I think there's so many, can I think there's such a shortage of candidates that they're coming in. You know, you look at the hourly workers, hourly workers are still changing jobs four times a year on average. Some obviously not as much, some a lot more. To, so I think just the, the quality of hire and the shortage of hire is such a problem that we're not, they're not able to tackle the fraud issue. I think um, it's normalized. So yeah. I think staffing companies have dealt with this for so long, probably yeah. since the history of staffing that they've just normalized it. It's like, okay, we're gonna schedule 10 interviews, three of them aren't gonna show up. Yeah, yeah. it's just factored into the numbers. And I don't it's, think it's limited to hourly. I mean, I think there's some significant 100%. cases at the professional level, and it's across financial services, across insurance, it's across all walks of life. If there's some healthcare cases that are really scary that are out there. So, so it's so funny, because I, I, I spend time on the, in the branding and the consulting side of this. Yeah. So my brain goes to a totally different place. I think about ghosting and I think about engagement and yep. adoption. And yeah. How do you actually you know, keep people in a Something flow. went wrong, right? Something it's, went wrong. This is an indicator of something went wrong. Uh, which is unfortunately often that instead of using technology to enhance a human interaction, you've used technology to replace the human interaction, which just opens up all kinds of opportunities to 100%. game a system. Uh, so when you went to fraud trials, I mean, it's it's just not a world that I think about. So thank you for. So dual casting, I think maybe is what is more talked about right now, where people have multiple jobs, side hustles. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious, like, have y'all embraced that? We see some people that are very, some corporations that are very anti dual casting, and will 
be extremely strict when they find out, and others that embrace it. They're like, do what you want on your own time. Google gives people. We struggled with it. Years, 100 years ago, we struggled with it because we wanted them to just focus on us. Like, they're going to keep their good ideas for other people. It's like, now I look back at that, and I'm like, that's dumb. You have to sign IP rights and yeah. contracts that are completely unenforceable, like non-competes. Totally stupid. Like, who cares? So, but yeah, so back to you. What do you what's your take on ghosting? Uh, current take. Current take? Because it could change. Represents a bigger problem. Yeah, 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 this is. The, the problem, if, if we're talking about ghosting, if we're talking about that candidate should have sent me a note, that recruit, you've, you've lost the plot. Right. Right, because Look, we, we know the recruiters. It's not like these it's not like these people are jackasses walking around. <laughs> right? These are overwhelmed people with too many wrecks and too much work. They literally yeah. can't get back to them. Right. And I, or, you know, I'll, I'll bring up the, my twenty year old again. Uh, he's throwing resumes into a black box. Yeah. So I mean, he's sitting on Indeed. I mean, he's never done this before. I'm kind of watching him go. He's applying to dozens or scores and like up to a hundred jobs a day. Now. He could probably get AI to automate that. I'm sure. <laughs> right, but, but think about somebody who's doing this it's on so their dark. phone. Like somebody who's like clicking all these buttons on their phone. How many of the replies that, that he's getting are going into spam? Yep. Or are just getting missed? Yep. Or like he's missing them because of all the automated tools are telling him he's got a login, he's got this. So so I look at this and I'm like, there's a bigger issue. Right. We're, we're overcomplicating something. We have to get back to what matters. And I think if we do that, we eliminate some of the opportunities for fraud at the same time. And alluding to something you were implying earlier, I think as the matchmaking becomes more important than just a two-sided marketplace, it's like we'll connect one, more beyond just two-sided marketplace and Tinder, swipe left, swipe right, actually matchmaking You're financially. How do you know about Actually Tinder? matchmaking around culture, actually matchmaking. You know, I think that's a big opportunity, and, and then... I mean, that's why we're focused on that, yeah. yeah. So, last question, and Charles, you might or might not remember this, but I'll start with myself, and it's a bad candidate experience. So, it could be personally, like, for yourself, or you just had a horrible experience, or a story from a friend, doesn't really matter, but just a bad experience. But, Charles, 100 years ago, you might remember that I interviewed a project manager, and she uh, busted her nose, like a, like in Quentin Tarantino fashion, and there was just blood everywhere, and, and I froze. I just kind of looked down at her binder and didn't really pay attention to her. So I, it was me, wasn't her. She did everything right. I should have had more empathy. I should have cared. Should have listened to her the whole bit. During the interview, you're saying? Yes. I should have done everything, and I and I just didn't, and I. 20-something years later, I still think about how I just was horrible. So, <laughs> and, that's, and I've got a... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second, wait a second. I've got a litany of those. Yeah, I want to I want to clarify. You still think about it, or you feel guilty about it? Oh, neither. But it, it's just... <laughs> I know you. <laughs> I live with no regrets, but... Just teed him up there. I just, uh, you know, it's, it's rambling around my brain. When I ask this question, I always go back to this girl... Uh, this woman literally face-planting on the table and coming up and it's like a Quentin Tarantino blood splattering everywhere and I just pull her binder back to me and just start turning the pages on her binder looking at like her project work like <laughs> I froze I mean it was horrible and I me I'm not blaming her she did nothing wrong it's all me so I'll start with you candidate experience going wrong that I created the mess? It, it did, no. Or that just, it happened. 
whether or not it was you, whether or not it was a friend, somebody that came through that you were interviewing, etc. Somebody took their teeth out at a at a, a dinner, I like a, you know, whatever. I have a log jam of ideas and <laughs> memories that are flooding back. <laughs> you want these in alphabetical, chronological? Yeah. Uh, you know the. Um, uh, my stories aren't are going to pale in comparison. I'm assuming you're asking this question of everybody. Yep. Uh, my stories are going to pale in comparison. Like we have professionals here, <laughs> right? We have this. Uh, I had so I'm going to I'm going to share an internal mobility story gone wrong. Uh, I had somebody who worked for me. He came to me. He told me he had, a, he had applied for a job inside. I didn't have the answer. I was trying to get him into a different area. Right. Uh, and then he comes to me the next day. He's like, well, I just applied for this other thing, and they're promising me the job, and I'm going to leave the company. And I said, look, I hate to see you go. I need, like, 24 hours to finish the internal piece. I would just ask you to just keep, like, do you have, a, do you have an offer yet from these guys? No, don't have the written offer. I'm like, do me a favor. Don't, just don't say anything. Right. Let's see where this goes. You never know. Right. He walks out of my office, announces to the entire place how much he hates his job, and he's leaving. Oh, this is a Dave Chappelle. I'm rich. Burn it down. The, the, <laughs> the other manager who was going to take him over, uh, you know, gives me, like the, gives me the one eyebrow. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, palms up. And you know how the story ends, right? Yep. That offer doesn't come through. It comes into my office. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I'm still working here. I'm like, mm, not nah. anymore. No. <laughs> got to yeah. let you go. Now the bridge that uh, yeah. it was still on fire, still simmering. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was. Um, wow. That hurt. Him. Oh, I, me. <laughs> I like that you pause. You pause there. That hurt him. <laughs> well, you know what? It's like sometimes you're trapped. Yeah. You know? yeah. So. But again, don't burn bridges. Turns out, George. Uh, George. <laughs> Charles. What about yourself? Poor candidate experience. Something gone wrong. You can pull from anywhere in your history. Whatever you got. I don't know about poor. I think from a recruiter standpoint, you know, something I learned early on, 2004, via a former work colleague, Mark Mitchell, who was doing all-day interviews, back-to-back, 15-20 minute interviews, all day, 7 a.m. till 5 p.m. First goes through the first few, does the interviews. About the fourth one figures out, he's only in there for 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, I knew after the first question, we weren't <laughs> going to hire him. I thanked them for the time. I paid for their parking, gave them a meal plan, and sent them on their day. So I think from a recruiter standpoint, <laughs> you know, being honest with them and transparent is good. You may think that's a bad candidate experience, but yeah. I think in the long run, it's probably valuable. You now, yeah. if you're a candidate, you should ask why you're not a fit right. and use it as an opportunity to learn from that. Right. So even though that may seem like a bad candidate experience, I think you can turn it around. Right. Let's get some time back in our day. This isn't going to work for you. Got to go. And I like the, the meal ticket, <laughs> but we validate. Can you give me your parking thing? And I'm going to stamp, bring the stamp into the into the interview box and just go, hey, how you doing? Do you got your validation? Yeah, let's just go ahead and take care of that right now. And yeah, you're on your way out. Guys, thank you so much. I know you are just running around doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I appreciate you coming by and being on the podcast. Thanks, William. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time.